This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. President Trump was an invited guest of French President Emmanuel Macron for the country's Bastille Day ceremonies, but it also gave the new French leader an opportunity to sit and talk one-on-one with the U.S. president on a variety of topics. To discuss their meeting and what we may see in the future moving forward, we are joined right now by Wharton Professor of International Management, Mauro Guillen. Uh, we will be joined uh, in just a moment by Olivier Chatan, who is uh, also with HEC Paris and the Mac Institute here at the Wharton School. Mauro, we start with you. Welcome. Great to have you with us. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, so your reaction to uh, what we saw in Paris yesterday? Well, I think uh, both uh, Macron and Trump are looking for a way to uh, jumpstart their agenda. As you know, Macron has been in office for just uh, a few weeks, uh, but uh, he's already facing some opposition. And Trump has been facing all sorts of opposition uh, from within his party and from other parts of uh, of American society uh, to his uh, reforms. Uh, so I think both leaders, you know, are trying to, um, you know, from their very different perspectives, uh, they're trying to, um, you know, capitalize on a meeting um, that, um, you know, is not unprecedented. You know, heads of state um, uh, meet uh, together uh, on a frequent basis. But in both cases, I think they're looking for a way to seize the initiative. There is also, just specifically speaking about Mr. Macron, uh, the the thought process right now that with what is going on in the U.K. Uh, and Theresa May being very busy uh, putting that together and what is going on in Germany with elections and Angela Merkel uh, worried about that, that this is the perfect opportunity for Mr. Macron to really step forward and take one of the pure leadership roles amongst European leadership right now. Well, of course, Macron is trying to, um, you know, again, uh, reassert his uh, authority and his position both within France and within the European Union. And it is very clear that the um, uh, Berlin-Paris axis will be the uh, the driving force, especially now that the UK is negotiating Brexit. And Macron wants to, you know, be in the best possible position. So if he becomes kind of a, you know, the go-between um, between Europe and the United States when Merkel's relationship with Trump has been devastated, as you know, because of what has happened at the previous summits, then Macron, you know, gains in prominence. He gains in influence. And that's, uh, I guess, what he's uh, been looking for. Because, you know, on the face of it, um, Trump, uh, what Trump proposes and what Macron proposes couldn't be more different. I mean, they really disagree on most issues. Well, and again, some of the issues that you're talking about uh, surrounding climate change, uh, surrounding uh, the relationship with the EU, these are very important global issues that that have to be uh, discussed. And and in many cases, a lot of people believe that uh, Mr. Macron might be one of the people, at least, to be able to try and break through uh, that proverbial wall that, that President Trump has put up right now. It's quite a challenge to try and do that, but at least at this moment with as we mentioned, some of the other leadership status uh, issues and, and people being focused on other things, Macron might be that person. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, he's new. Uh, he doesn't have any, um, you know, legacies from the past in terms of uh, having made mistakes. He's starting from, you know, with a, with a clean piece of paper, a white piece of paper. Uh, and uh, that's his advantage. His disadvantage, of course, is that he's inexperienced. I yeah. mean, you know, he has very limited um, uh, experience in office. 
and uh, let's see how it goes. Uh, but then, you know, Trump has even less experience. Yeah. So in a way, that's the other thing that brings them together. Both of them are kind of uh, outsiders to the uh, establishment. Uh, surrounding climate change, obviously, uh, President Macron is very much in favor of the Paris Accord. The United States, uh, obviously not at this point. The comment that, that President Trump made after uh, they met yesterday and they had the joint press conference, somebody asked him about uh, the Paris Accord and he said, well, you know, some things could change. Then again, they might not. I, I mean, that's about as vague an answer as you possibly can get. That Then that being said, at least it was not a flat-out no by President Trump. Well, correct. Uh, but uh, also remember that uh, uh, there's uh, been quite a bit of um, pushback on the part of uh, several states, uh, some really big ones like California. California is the fifth largest economy in the world. And they've said that they're going to pursue their own climate change agenda no matter what. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, the um, process of technological change will continue. Companies in the U.S. will continue to innovate to try to look for better ways of uh, using energy resources. And in other words, uh, slowing down climate change. Um, so I think, um, you know, in a way, this is uh, incredible that Trump um, has essentially driven himself into a position of uh, irrelevance in the world and in the United States, meaning by opting out of the Paris Accord, not only, you know, the, the rest of the international community has isolated him, uh, but also, um, you know, some very, very important parts of the American economy are increasingly departing from, from his position. We are now joined by Olivier Chitin, Associate, Associate Professor of Strategy and Business Policy at uh, HEC Paris and also a senior fellow at the Mac Institute here at the Wharton School. Olivier, great to have you back with us today. Hi. Hi, Dan. Hi, Mauro. Hello. How are you, Olivia? Good. Very good. Doing well. Uh, so uh, you being there in Paris, what was the, uh, the reaction to all that happened or did not happen uh, there between the two presidents yesterday? Well, I think the, the perception here is that, uh, you know, Donald Trump seems to like pomp, circumstances, uh, military parades, and uh, it so happens <laughs> that we have that, so we can give that to him. Uh, so it's kind of a win-win. Uh, and to be a bit less, uh, a bit more serious, it, it's clearly, uh, you know, it's a not so subtle attempt to to solidify as much as possible the, the relationships between France and the U.S. Uh, and I think one has to take a very long view. The, the nominal reason for, for the invitation for President Trump is the 100th anniversary of the intervention of the U.S. in World War One, And that has, you know, that carries a lot of symbolic value in France, especially given the, the long relationships between the two countries. So you have to keep that in mind. The other thing to, to keep in mind is that, you know, uh, the, there's a lot of uh, common uh, operations in terms of military uh, and counterterrorism, and for this, France actually really needs the, the support of the U.S. for logistical reasons, uh, especially in Africa. And this is really something that I think the President Macron really wants to make sure this is going to, to, to remain uh, very solid for, for the future. So you can see all that, you know, we, you know, you, you want to see the, a great man storm, we bring you to Napoleon storm. Uh, you like real estate with good big views, 
we give you the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> so all, all, all that is part of a, you know, a very working that, that relationship of the long run, a bit irrespective of who the president is in, in the U.S. We mentioned uh, before you came on about uh, the this issue surrounding climate change, and that was one of the things that was brought up at the joint press conference. Uh, is there a belief there in Paris that Macron could be a person to try and at least broker some sort of change that would bring the United States back into the Paris Accord? Well, I mean, I think Macron really would like to try to do that. Uh, I'm personally a bit skeptical that much will happen. But the perception of, you know, we it's one way to position France uh, uh, in, you know, in contrast to, to the other European countries that are trying to be that bridge and say, look, we, we try to keep uh, Donald Trump into the fold. Uh, he has his own manners, but we, we want to, to work for the long run. So I'm not sure it's going to really have an effect uh, beyond the, you know, the, the impression on, on the spot, but we know that these things can be a bit transient. But clearly there's this approach of trying to, to bridge with the U.S. at a moment when you know, in the UK, Theresa May is not in a great position, and it's going to be hard probably to to have a good relationship between Angela Merkel and Donald Trump. So you can think that, of that in a broader game between bridging Europe and, and the U.S. Well, what about Macron's status in Europe? And as you mentioned, and Morrow mentioned as well, uh, Mr. Macron, uh, very new to this position uh, of, of running the country, yet at this particular moment, uh, you have Angela Merkel, who obviously has to worry about elections coming up. You have Theresa May that has to worry about Brexit coming up, those being you know, probably the three biggest uh, entities uh, surrounding Europe right now. It does give Mr. Macron a great opportunity to really thrust himself to the forefront of, of leadership in that part of the world. Yeah, I, I really agree with you. Uh, he's a, compared to these two other leaders, he's the one who has the biggest freedom of action right now. He doesn't have to worry, as you mentioned, about upcoming elections. He doesn't have to manage uh, a botched election. Uh, and he's just starting. So he has a lot of capital, and he's going to try to spend it uh, hopefully wisely. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. 844-942-7866. Uh, with President Trump Morrow making this uh, making this visit, as you mentioned, this is a common ground for a lot of of leaders to do this uh, to make this move. Uh, is it more in your mind ceremonial that President Trump went there in the first place, or were there some agenda items like the ones we have mentioned that he really wanted to discuss with Mr. Macron? Well, uh, one has to keep in mind that 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 visit was planned even before the U.S. election. So there were, and then after the surprising result of the election from the viewpoint of the rest of the world, uh, there was question as to who would be coming. Would, be, would that be Donald Trump? Maybe there was this talks at one point of maybe Secretary Mattis coming, coming in. Uh, so I think that, you know, the broad theme of solidifying relationships is would have had happened regardless of who's the president in the United States. Uh, the notion of uh, the, the fight against terrorism and military operation, that would also would have been there, uh, regardless of the cast of characters uh, mm -hmm. on, on both sides. So now, you know, what we see is more like the an adaptation of the, of the protocol to, to charm best whoever is coming to Paris. Mauro, go ahead. Uh, well, I think, um, you know, from the U.S. perspective, 
I think it's very clear that uh, for Trump, this is a, a gift uh, from heaven in the sense that, um, you know, he um, this enables him to change the conversation, at least for a while, and uh, to um, have the media focus on District 2 Paris and discuss District 2 Paris as opposed to all of the other issues with the health care bill and with the Russia investigation and uh, and so on and so forth. I mean, he's increasingly also isolated internationally. I, I think uh, he has burned his bridges, at least for now, with uh, Angela Merkel. Um, so if he wants to have a relationship uh, with the European Union, Macron, uh, you know, may be the, uh, the person to interact with uh, so that he can have um, uh, access uh, uh, in that sense. So I think, uh, you know, the, the, the domestic situation and uh, the uh, uh, international isolation of Trump, I think, um, is also a very important background factor in his uh, eagerness to visit uh, Paris this week. What was the reaction, Olivier, of the French people to having President Trump there? Well, you would have expected it to be maybe a bit more negative, but I think this is coming after the, the election of Macron. So as I mentioned, there's still a lot of trust capital. And I think there's a, there's a bit of a sense of pride as well. Like, look, you know, if even, okay, Trump has his own, you know, qualities, uh, but uh, yeah, we can show him something. And I think there's a sense of, okay, we, we, we like to show things to people, especially to, to the U.S. Mm -hmm. So Macron is playing on that as well. 844-942-7866. If you'd like to give us a call, your comments are welcome about President Trump and President Macron meeting yesterday in Paris. 844-942-7866. Or if you can't get to your phone, you can send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. There's also an element of this away from the the business issues, the economic issues, moral uh, of, of Macron as a leader, not necessarily just his place in Europe, but just in dealing with President Trump. And the two have had uh, issues from the get-go, as you mentioned before, on substantive issues, but also just in dealing with with another leader. And certainly Macron being uh, as new as he is, uh, certainly he wants to show that, one, he is not going to be pushed around by, by President Trump. He wants to make sure that it is known that he is on e equal footing just as much as President Trump is. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, look, I mean, the United States continues to be the largest economy in the world, and uh, it is the uh, uh, most important military power. So I think, you know, but I defer to Olivier on this, uh, that from a French perspective, it actually enhances, elevates the role of France in the world. You know, the fact that the French president is the one that is, you know, acting as the uh, broker, so to speak, acting as the conduit. Of, of communication between Europe and uh, the United States at this very, very critical juncture. Um, so I think uh, that it's not just uh, Macron's own, you know, political aims, but it's just that uh, France as a country benefits from this, uh, from being in the uh, in the spotlight, uh, you know, alongside with uh, the, uh, you know, putative uh, uh, leader of the uh, of the free world. Um, right. So I think uh, it is it is good for France as a as a country projects an image of France being. A, a pivotal piece of the of the global landscape. Olivier, yeah, I totally agree. To to be honest, that's one way to to punch above the, the real weight of the French economy and and, and the French uh, political power, uh, just by you know leveraging the the bad relationship that Trump seems to have with the other leaders and being able to play both sides. 
It, he uh, recently, the president, Trump, uh, said he, before he went to the G20 summit uh, when he was in uh, in Warsaw that he made that proclamation that the U.S. would not abandon Europe. Is there still a, a, a bit of concern or, you know, uncertainty that that actually would be the case, Olivier? Well, I think the... I, I think that would, regardless of what President Trump uh, ended up saying in, in, in Warsaw, there is, in my impression, that there's a perception in Europe that uh, we something is a bit broken with the U.S., at least as long as, as Trump is president, and that we, you know, something may happen. I mean, there's an element of fundamental trust that's a bit breached at this point, uh, and you can see the what Macron has done as one way to manage that, uh, to try to establish a personal relationship with Trump to, to make sure that nothing you know, unexpected w- would be happening. Right. Uh, so I think there's a lot of concern and that, as uh, I think someone mentioned somewhere else, uh, the, the European countries are trying to adapt as best as, we, as, best as they can. Uh, where where does Paris stand right now in regards to the issues surrounding terrorism? Because I, I know that's one of the topics that they probably were looking to discuss, even uh, at a cursory level. Uh, wh- where is Paris and France right now under President Macron in that area, Olivier? Well, uh, this afternoon, just after the, the Paris uh, parade, uh, President Macron flew to Nice, where one year ago there was a terrific uh, attack uh, that killed uh, 86 people. So this is very much in people's mind. You you know, you, you take the train, you see military with uh, machine guns, and that's, that's your daily life. Uh, I think that the fundamental issue is that there's a bit of a mismatch between the, what we, a very martial and uh, you know, uh, discourse saying that we have to be very tough, and and the reality that is very hard to to action any serious lever. Uh, the military is overstretched in the in the Sahel. There was some symbolic participation to mm-hmm. the fight against ISIS, but it's 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 a, a bit of a the plight of of these Western European countries, whereby the, the threat is always there because it's so easy to, to, to commit uh, an attack, but you know that something will happen, and for all you know, leaders' explanation that everything is done, um, that's, you know, there's still a contradiction there. Well, there's also, uh, um, uh, if you go back a year or so, Morrow, when President Trump was running for office and, and unfortunately there was the Nice attack, you know, the president uh, proclaimed how France was not the same anymore. And, and that was a comment that obviously did not sit well with a lot of people in that country. Uh, and, you know, Mr. Macron obviously was not president at that time, but still, I'm sure he heard it. And it, it's one of those things that those types of comments do leave a lasting you know lasting memory to to a lot of people and i'm certainly it it still does not sit well with a lot of people in france no i i would say it's true but 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 then the i mean the real politic is that you know the price to make sure that we can collaborate best with the u.s on these issues is to throw a military parade to donald trump right let's do it tomorrow uh, yeah, well, I think from from the standpoint of um, you know the uh, the uh, election, right? I mean, because all of that happened in the middle of the U.S. Um, campaign, presidential uh, campaign. As if you remember, um, Trump used the attacks in France and in Belgium as proof that immigration was bad, 
And uh, that obviously is, first of all, it's not clear that that's, uh, you know, the, uh, the real issue um, other than, you know, um, having uh, better security. Um, and then secondly, uh, I don't think that, uh, you know, sits well with, uh, you know, the opinions of uh, a lot of citizens, both in the United States and, and, and internationally. Um, and then also, um, if, um, if uh, you remember, um, President Trump also in the recent uh, French presidential election more or less directly took sides with yeah. uh, Le Pen, uh, the uh, xenophobic uh, leader of the um, uh, Front National. Um, and this was an unusual thing for a U.S. president to do in the first place because, um, uh, you know, U.S. presidents normally don't make a public statement about whom they would prefer to win a, an election in a foreign country. 844-942-7866. Or if you can't get your phone, send us a comment on Twitter at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. What do you think, Olivier, are going to be the, the, the focal points now moving forward of any working relationship between President Trump and and, uh, and President Macron? Uh, so you can think of the, the three issues. Like there's the, there's a continuing effort uh, with respect to, to terrorism and to to situation in, in Syria. Uh, there is the that's going to be in the long run. You ha- you have this issue with with Brexit, uh, which is that the extent to which the U.S. will or not be willing to, to give a fast track to to Great Britain in their negotiation with Europe, because that's gonna Make make the negotiation, the Brexit negotiation, potentially uh, different. So that's something that would be in the background, and we're on the theme of the relationships between the EU and and the US, and uh, the EU trying to to assert its own interest. Right. Uh, and the third point, this is what you were discussing earlier. I think the, the issue of climate change is is not going to certainly not going away, right. and that's going to be a leading theme for the for the next years. Mara. Uh, yes, I, I agree. Those are the uh, the three uh, key issues. Uh, but again, I would emphasize once again that in this relationship between the two presidents, I think um, the domestic agenda is going to have perhaps an even um, greater impact than what is it that uh, they want to accomplish uh, as two important countries in the world. Great to have you both with us today. Thank you, Amaro. Thank you, Olivier. Appreciate your time. All the best. Thank you. Thank you both. Uh, Mauro Guillen uh, from the Wharton School, professor of uh, international management, Olivier Chatan, who is uh, with HEC Paris, associate professor in the strategy and business policy department, also senior fellow at the Mac Institute here at the Wharton School. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 